0: Hello, this is Carrie. Boy, have I got a treat for you today. Since last week's discussion with my college roommate went so well, I decided to follow up with a discussion with someone who is a giant in the financial industry, and one of my oldest and best buddies, Richard Byrne. After graduating with me from SUNY Binghamton, yes, there are many stories, Rich, that we're going to not tell today, and Also, Rich getting his MBA from Northwestern, again, no stories there since we spent a lot of time together while at rival MBA schools, nor will I say which one's better. Rich got his teeth wet from there as a credit analyst for Merrill Lynch and ultimately became global head of their credit research and leverage finance groups. Rich moved from there to ultimately become CEO of Deutsche Bank Securities. He now is president of Benefit Street Partners and the chairman and chief executive officer of both Business Development Corporation of America and Benefit Street Partners Realty Trust. Bottom line, Rich is a pretty darn successful guy, and he's also a great guy. What's cool about him besides this, besides his corporate success, he found the time to become a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You can correct me, Rich, if you've gotten higher than that by now. Open an elite gym, and start up and be the CEO of Kasai Elite Grappling Championships. While Rich has been my buddy since college, I want to focus on something we really haven't spoken much about when we get together. His thoughts on successful personal money management. So I'm going to ask him a couple of questions and sit back and listen to what he says. So finally, welcome, Rich. Thanks, Carrie. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. How are you doing today?
1: Awesome. Uh, looking forward to this, uh, this podcast.
0: I'm, I'm sure um, you are. You're always all, looking forward to talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, for all your listeners' benefits, I've read both your books, as you know, multiple times. You gave me a few free copies, but I also bought a bunch, and I give them to anybody who comes to my house. Uh, they're all on my bookshelf, and uh, I'm going to try my best not to overlap with some of the good principles that you teach and talk about things that maybe are a little more unique to me. Uh, I,
0: I appreciate that, Rich. I really do. A- anyone listening to your background has to be amazed at your professional success. I, I, I would have been, you know, thirty years ago, but I'm not now, having seen all the things that you've done. But, but what I want to talk about, like you said, you've read my books, which I appreciate, and, and I know we've talked a little bit about that. But I want to talk about this: your personal finance acumen. Okay, please just start off by telling me the two to three things that you do from a personal money management perspective that you think can help our, my audience?
1: Well, Carrie, I've, I've thought about this question since you were nice enough to preview it with me. And, and let me see if I can do this sort of in one giant answer, um, not so giant, but, but an answer that has multiple parts. Um, and say it this way, because I think the, uh, your money management goals are gonna differ based on where you are in your life, you know how old you are, where you are in your career you know, all the way up through retirement. Uh, obviously, those goals are fluid and they may change. But um, the advice I'd like to give is sort of applicable all the way through, which is uh, you're, you're trying to solve for some competing objectives. One is you want to uh, earn more. You know, certainly you want to build your own financial independence, either through earning more or saving more, you know, just building your nest egg. Two is you, you know, especially in those early years and hopefully not too long, but, you know, throughout your life, you're never going to have, uh, if you're like most, most people, you're never going to have as much money as you, as you need. Um, and, you know, the allocation of scarce resources, you know, the, I feel like the younger you are, the scarcer those resources are is another <laughs> important objective. And then third is, is you know, saving. So how do we use those three competing objectives? Um, and let me tell you what, how I've approached it. One is everybody will tell you, as do you, that especially when you're young in your career, you know, saving money is super valuable. Oh, boy, are you right? Um, it is because the compounding value of that, of that capital when you invest it, especially for the long term, you know, yields big, big returns, uh, you know, over a long period of time. But I took a little different approach of course I didn't uh, ignore that advice. i saved whatever I could. But with the capital that, or the money that I did have, I tried my best, and this has been a watchword for me throughout my life and throughout my career, to spend it wisely. What do I mean by wisely? Well, what I tried to do is maximize the first objective that I mentioned was to, to, Uh, figure out a way to grow your own income, independent of your savings. So in other words, march up the corporate ladder, if that's where you are, or, you know, get promotions, get raises, you know, build your professional um, career. And uh, the way I approach that is I tried to not be stingy with my money at all. In fact, I wanted to be more of a spendthrift. But, the trick is, I tried my best to allocate my capital. And when I was younger, my career was very scarce. As I, you know, as I, my career built, you know, I had a little bit more disposable capital. I tried to allocate it to things that would advance my career and things that would make me um, better. I've always thought of it as self improvement. What do I mean by that? For example, I laugh at it today. But 40 years ago, only a couple mm-hmm. of years after, you know, business school, Carrie, I went to a custom tailor and mm-hmm. got custom made suits. When I first put off the, my on the rack suit, I looked sort of like Tom Hanks in the movie Big, you know, after he had turned back into a boy and he was wearing the adult suit. <laughs> I just didn't look the part. I wanted to dress the part. I wanted to look the part. I even occasionally would get my go to a manicurist because my nails looked like they had been through you know, uh, meat grinders. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to look not like the college kid that wanted to be somebody. I wanted to look like somebody who was already successful. Um, what, is that, what else does that apply to? It applies to your health. Um, for example, where I would spend my money is on good food. Before it was fashionable, certainly before I had any of the resources to do it, I had a chef it wasn't a chef like a like a celebrity chef but you know i paid somebody who was a chef and in their spare time they made meals for me i put them in my refrigerator they made them with you know only organic natural you know grass fed beef that kind of stuff and um you know i spent my money on ways that could make me a better person and better healthier uh and and put me, as I said, in a position to, you know, grow my career and my life faster. I would not skimp, I buy self-help books, things like Carrie's book were perfect. You know, things and ways that I can improve myself. I mean, even dumb things, like I bought a good mattress. I didn't waste my time spending money on a stereo. I bought a cheap one, but I I bought the top of the line mattress. Why? I wanted to sleep well. I wanted to eat well. and like I said, I wanted to look good. I wanted to look the part and I wanted to put myself in every position I could to succeed. It's an allocation of resources. That allocation got easier as you know I got more money. It worked. Um, you know, it put me in a position um, as I invested in my career in so many ways to build my career. And uh, you know, one thing led to another um, as my income grew I uh, didn't make life easier, just made life more complicated. But I always tried to follow the same principles. Um, and then uh, as it grew to save more, it just saving was less difficult. Um, and uh, the saving led to uh, compounding uh, returns to higher income and the higher income led to higher income. So, you know, it was sort of I would summarize it, Carrie, by saying I made an investment in
0: myself. that That's I will tell you, listening to you. And seeing you obviously growing, sort of growing with, growing up with you, not growing the way you grew um, from the standpoint of, I think you made some really good investments in yourself. Because as you were talking, I'm like, and you know me well, Rich, and we know each other well. Um, When you talk about dressing better, I thought about the way I dressed. And I do remember seeing how you changed your dress back when we were in our 20s. And um, the fact that when we went out, when we go out for dinner and I see what you eat versus what I eat. You grew personally, when you say you invested in yourself, I think it helped you grow personally too, because um, I won't go into how we were in college, but I will tell you the scarcity of resources that you brought up. I think of when we went to our favorite bar, our first year, first uh, day of senior year in college, you may or may not remember this, but they had pitchers were $2 each, but they cut the price to a dollar each. So everybody could walk around with pitchers. And I believe they kept that up at least one or two nights a week. And sure. that's scarcity yeah. of resources, you know. <laughs> I, you remember it then, huh? <laughs> I sure do, Kerry.
1: I remember you were able to drink a few yeah, of them, I,
0: I think so. I think, I think we had some pretty good times. And I think what you've done, you've really given this audience a great perspective. Because I will tell you, if you follow that formula, investing in yourself, is something that I've never really said and, in, in, you know, spoken to in my presentation and talking to different areas. That's an unbelievable thing, um, makes a lot of sense. And and you've done a lot, obviously, you've thought through this. And I think that's important to let people know. You have to think through it. It's not just going to happen. Um, now, I'm sure you thought of some really good things and done some really good things. But can you talk to, are you okay with talking about either, you know, the one big money management mistake you made, personal money management, or or some things that you'd like to advise this group of people, and this group, by the way, goes anywhere from you know my audience is anywhere from from really fifteen years old to eighty years old. Believe it or not, I, I'm amazed at how many people in their fifties and sixties and seventies need still need financial um, money management help. So, if you can help me, that'd be great. Sure, Carrie.
1: Uh, so the question is, uh, biggest money management yeah. In the states? Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, sometimes you make mistakes because you just don't follow your own advice um and uh i think my biggest mistakes are when i strayed from what you know was a tried and true principle that i believed but uh circumstances caused me to deviate from that path for me i'll give you an example there's tons of them i made i've made tons of mistakes but one glaring one that i can think of is during the global financial crisis back in 2007 2008 um, I, uh, was building a house, um, a, a summer house. Um, I had kind of gotten myself a little extended. Um, you know, I had been living off that great, those heady wall street years and, you know, a really good economy up until that point. And then the market started, you know, really falling and the volatility was increasing. And I was looking at my nest eggs. And wondering, you know, if all that I had worked so hard for over those previous years was going to come crashing down and I was, you know, going to, um, you know, end up uh, potentially being unemployed, but, but on top of that, you know, really losing a substantial amount of the savings. Um, and what I did was the cardinal mistake, the exact opposite of what you preach, Carrie, which is I dipped into my retirement money, which I had had smartly in stocks. Um, because of the long-term horizon of how I thought about, you know, that and that part of my investing. Again, i just, just to take a step back, the way I view uh, my investment portfolio is there's uh, capital that I may need to get my hands on, uh, and sh- you know, th- that's short-term in nature in the way I invest. And there's the long-term savings and the long-term savings, you know, as they taught us in business school, you know, you want to, you want to, put a higher beta on that stuff. Uh, in other words, you want things that are a little riskier because over, like stocks, like real estate, because over time, you know, you're gonna, if, if you're investing for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, hopefully longer years, you're gonna get a better return. And I knew that, but you know, as the market started going down, I panicked, Carrie, And uh, I pulled money out of my 401k, my, my IRA, wow, yeah. IRA um, that was in stocks and I moved it to treasuries. And in retrospect, guess what? I moved it up just about the low, and uh, never really had an ability to make that money back. Whereas If I had, you know, done, you know, had kept it where it was, it would have been painful, you know. But I probably would have ridden it back and then some. Um, you know, I corrected the mistake eventually, but you know, took a major nick out of my net worth in doing so, um, and you know, ignored a philosophy and a principle. That had been, um, you know, uh, successfully guiding people for years, but I panicked. So, you know, it reminds me of um, when I first started (laughs) gambling, uh, uh, gambling in a casino. And I I don't say that I'm a casino gambler. I'm actually, I've, I've, I've worked in that industry for many years. I've been an analyst, and I'm on the board of a a big public gaming company. So I spend time in, in Las Vegas and New Jersey and places like that. And I'll never forget you know, I watch a guy play blackjack and he's at a one, you know, let's say a $5 table and he's betting perfect strategy. Exactly what it says in the book. You know, he's doubling down when he's supposed to and he's, he's surrendering when he's supposed to and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, the $5 chips, uh, you know, he sits at a higher limit table, let's say like a $100 chip table and then all of a sudden he gets the opportunity to split, and then that's two hundred dollars. That's not ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He panics, and his strategy yeah. just completely changed because you know he panicked, and he or she. So um, I think the same applies in money management. The goal, I think, is to have a set principle yeah. Yeah. and to follow it, and not you know not let the situation overtake you. And that's what I did. And uh, boy, I learned the hard way. And um, I don't know if you're going to ask me for my uh, biggest success. Oh, um, go ahead. Tell us. I mean, after, after the mistake, you got to uh, hear the success, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well the, the success is exactly the reverse. So um, the pandemic that we're in right now with the coronavirus, COVID-19, um, as you know, the markets have been crashing and I use the opportunity because my, one of my fundamental beliefs, at least in this particular case, is I thought the market would lead, um, would recover prior to the bottom of the mm-hmm. pandemic. In other words, you know, I didn't know when the pandemic was going to be at its rock bottom. You know, maybe in retrospect, it was, I don't know, sometime in April or May. But um, I assumed the market would rally before that. And I also assumed that the time that it's the hardest to buy is usually the best time to buy. You know, when it's most mm-hmm. painful, just that exact time that you start thinking you're gonna lose all your money, the last thing in the world you wanna think about is buying. But if you're doing that in a long-term investment account, in my case, in my savings, my, my, my retirement savings, I just viewed it as a chance to lower my basis And I bought, you know, S&P 500 Mm -hmm. ETF and um, I ended up buying it in a rare moment. I never, you know, I know people that tell you they did this, but, you know, usually they're (laughs) lying. Um, In this case, I actually bought it within 3-4% of the low on the S&P. And everybody, you know, a couple of people that knew I did the trade said, you're crazy. Go sell it. You'll make a big profit. And I said. No, that's the mm-hmm. exact opposite of why I did that's the trade. It. So um, two crises, you know, um, 10, 12 years apart and two completely different approaches. And uh, one turned out to be right. And
0: that's that's awesome. And it's amazing how you can become a genius or an idiot based upon, uh, you know, the same same situation twice. And uh, that's learning over time. And I think Rich has actually helped uh, you have helped helped me understand some things, you know, as I've gone through life, I've pretty much been, you know, me, I'm more slow and steady and I've stayed in the market, you know, both times, but, but, uh, and it's, it's unokay. okay but that's my, my, my thought process of what I like to do. And your process worked on one, one time, didn't work the other time you've ended up. Okay. I I think like you said, maintain that same, I'll I'll call it, maintain what you think is right and go for whatever you think is right. And sometimes you're going to be wrong. That's life.
1: You know, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that that's infallible, but I think having better rules and yep. following them. And Gary, like you said, learning from yeah. your mistakes. Yeah. I learn way more when I get things wrong. Yeah, I, now, I,
0: I can't well. stand. It. I'm sure you have people who've told you I've you know, I've never made a mistake. You know, I've, I don't make mistakes like, yeah, <laughs> I've probably made more mistakes than I've made uh, good decisions. But uh, actually, they say if you can make half and half, you're pretty good. But um, it's it's important to understand where you're fallible and where you can do things differently over time. And you you obviously learn from that, which is pretty cool. So um, I, I can't tell you, Rich, how much I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with, with me, because I, I always love to talk to you um, and our audience,
1: especially. I'm sure they're going to go. Get... Thank you so much, buddy. Um, My pleasure, Carrie. Um Anytime you want to have me back, I'd uh, love to. And uh, let's get awesome. soon.
0: This is Carrie Siegel. Reminding you to take control of your money before it takes control of you.